of a global industry dedicated to making me feel dissatisfied with my life. Today, there's a gazillion dollar advertising industry devoted to making sure that I'm dissatisfied with who I am and what I have and how I look. In preparation for this message, I I looked into the research and saw study after study confirming that we are simultaneously the the most the wealthiest people in history and the most discontent people in human history. And while I did this Internet research, I had a dozen ads reminding me that my teeth were dingy, my hair was thinning and that my abs were flabby. And uh, so in rebellion, I think we should just all be content with our flabby abs. Uh, took years to get this way. Uh, actually, the, the discontent that I'm talking about and the contentment that we want to study today goes much deeper than abs. Uh, as we continue our study in the heroes and villains of the Old Testament, today I want to introduce you to someone who teaches me about true contentment. Today, our hero is a man named Abraham. Uh, you might want to turn uh, to your uh, book, uh, your uh, Bible book of Genesis right now or on your device uh, to the first verse of Genesis chapter 12, uh, where Abraham's story begins with God speaking to him in Genesis 12, beginning at verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, who God would rename Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. He took his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lot, and they set out for the land of Canaan. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So Abraham built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse 8. From there, Abraham went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. There he built another altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Now we're skipping to Genesis chapter 13, verse 18. Then Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron. There he built an altar to the Lord. And then finally, Genesis chapter 22, verse 9. Later, when Abraham reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there to the Lord. Uh, you'll see as we unfold the details of his life that Abraham was a man who lived out the secret of life satisfaction. And the secret is revealed in these words that we've just read. Abraham's secret was his practice of meeting God at the altar. Uh, Abraham engaged in the habit of building an altar to God everywhere he went. And what he did at these altars, that was the secret to his contented life. So what are these altars and what did Abraham do there? Uh, we'll answer these questions as we study how Abraham defeated discontent at the altar where he would remember God and his blessings, express gratitude to God by giving back to him and recommit to being a part of God's plan to bless others. First, everywhere Abraham went, he built an altar where he would remember God and his blessings. 
Abraham's altars were a table-high assembling of large rocks that had two primary functions. The first function of the altar was to serve as a memorial. Uh, At the altar, Abraham would remember God as the source of everything good in his life and honor God by counting his blessings. For instance, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 7 and 8, we're told that Abraham built an altar and there counted his spiritual blessings of God's word in his life, God's promise in his life and God's presence in his life. Then in Genesis chapter 13, verse 18, Abraham built an altar and counted all his physical blessings. Uh, God told Abraham to go on a tour. uh, And after Abraham had a chance to count all the fruitful trees and uh, watering springs and fertile pastures on the land that God had given him, Abraham built an altar Remembering God and his blessings. And because Abraham built uh, altars to remember God and his spiritual blessings and his physical blessings, God built in him a spirit of contentment. And we see Abraham's contentment in all the elements of Abraham's story revealed in Scripture, like in his approach to the crisis that emerged with his nephew Lot. As I read earlier, when uh, God called Abraham to leave his old country, Lot came along for the ride. Uh, The problem is that as they followed God, God blessed them. And Abraham's flocks and herds got so big and Lot's flocks and herds got so big that the land couldn't support them as they traveled together. And we're told in Genesis 13 that Lot's ranchers started having fights with Abraham's ranchers. So one day, uh, Abraham took Lot up to the top of a high ridge and suggested that they divide the land uh, that they were looking at over that ridge and separate in two directions. Now, since Abraham was the senior member of this duo, by tradition, Abe should have gotten his choice. But this is where we see... um, His spirit of contentment Uh, from their perch on that high ridge. Abraham said to Lot, "Okay, uh, Lot, uh, go ahead and take the land that you want. Tell me what you want, and then I'll take whatever is left over. Lot was not a man of contentment. Uh, While Abraham was a hero in God's eyes, uh, Lot is something of a villain. The Bible says a lot about Lot. Uh, And according to the uh, Bible, uh, Lot never built an altar. Uh, He never remembered God and counted his blessings. Lot was never satisfied with what he had. He always wanted more. He was always grabbing, always greeting and never content. So, given the chance, Lot took the best land for himself. Lot took the fertile plains and well-watered lands for himself. He took, you know, Greenwich, if you you know what I mean. And uh, Abraham, he got where you live. (laughs) And uh, you know what I mean, right? Uh, Abraham was not apathetic. He was content. Abraham was satisfied with what he got. In fact, 
after he and Lot separated, Abraham stood in the middle of the land that he was left with. And guess what he did? In Genesis chapter 13, we're told that he built an altar to remember God in all his blessings. So this is where I need to ask myself, am I like Abraham or am I more like Lot? I don't want to be a Lot who is never satisfied. I don't want to be a Lot who is discontent and never enjoys today because I'm always focused on something else that I want that I think is going to make me happy and content somewhere in the future. I want to be like Abraham. And God shows me how. I can be content when I build altars like Abraham and count my blessings like Abraham. Uh, UC Davis psychologist Robert Emmons led a 10-week study of a large group of people that he separated into three subgroups. Uh, the first subgroup, um, he instructed to keep an event journal uh, where once a week uh, the people just wrote down five general events that happened over the course of the week. The second subgroup was instructed to keep a complaint journal uh, where they were to write down Five things that were disappointing or that didn't work out over the course of the week. And then the third subgroup was to keep a contentment journal where the people wrote down five blessings for which they were grateful over the course of the week. And after the 10 weeks, the researchers used uh, scientific metrics to calculate the well-being of the participants. And by the end, the research proved that the general events journaling uh, people had no change in their life satisfaction. The complaint journal people had a significantly lower life satisfaction and the contentment journal people went significantly higher in their life satisfaction level. And the authors of the study were shocked at how much benefit was experienced by the contentment journaling group. They were a full 25% happier and this lasted six months after the study. This is an experiment you can do yourself. Start keeping a contentment journal where once a week you write down five things that uh, are blessings for which you're grateful. So maybe you'll do it uh, on Sunday and make it your time of just building an altar of remembrance where every Sunday you write down, the, I'm thankful for the spring blossoms on an afternoon walk. I'm thankful for a great church to be a part of. I'm thankful that my children live close by. I'm thankful that my mother-in-law lives far away. Or you, you get the idea. Uh, try it. Do not be a complaint journal person. Be a contentment journal person. And God will build contentment in you as you build altars along your journey and remember God and count His blessings in your life. But there's a second thing that Abraham did at the altar. Whenever he built an altar, Abraham would express gratitude to God by giving back to him. 
Uh, Abraham built altars with two primary functions. I mentioned one already. First, the altar served as a physical memorial for remembering God's blessings. But the second function of the altar was to be a place of sacrifice. Abraham built altars uh, where he would express gratitude by giving back to God, just like the first hero in the Bible. The first hero in the Bible is the son of Adam named Abel. Cain and Abel were brothers. And one day God went to them and said, I want to have a relationship with you. And as part of our relationship, I want you to express your love and your gratitude back to me in a tangible way. So on a regular basis, I want you to show gratitude uh, for all I provide by giving back to me in the form of sacrifice. So in response, Abel eagerly put a pleasing sacrifice on the altar. Abel brought God the most he could give of the best he could give. Uh, and God was pleased. But Cain, on the other hand, didn't give his best. Cain gave a second-rate gift with a second-rate attitude. Cain brought leftovers and God was not pleased. And in a, uh, in a fit of jealous discontent, Cain killed his brother Abel. And see, to, to God, this issue of sacrifice is the decision point or a decision point that separates the heroes from the villains in his eyes in many ways. Like Abel, Abraham was a hero who discovered the secret that God gives contentment to his people who give back to him in a, with a thankful heart. Not only did Abraham give sacrifices to God, Abraham became the first person to tithe his income to God. Now, tithing is the biblical practice of giving 10% of one's income back to God by giving it to God's work in the church. In Genesis chapter 14, we're told that Abraham received a sum of money. And the first thing that Abraham did was give a tenth of what he received back to God's work by giving to God's servant named Melchizedek. And the scripture says that God rewarded Abraham just like he rewarded Abel before him. God rewarded Abraham with the power to defeat the discontent that possessed a man like Cain and made him a villain in God's story. Abraham knew the secret to contentment. And I invite you to discover the secret satisfaction that comes with giving back to God. Maybe you're here and, uh, and you're just investigating uh, belief, with, uh, belief in God and a relationship with God. And if that's you, you're in the right place, but this point doesn't apply to you. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus and part of this church, I encourage you to discover the contentment that comes with giving a percentage of your income to God's work here at BlackRock. You know, maybe you can't go from 0% to 10%. Fine. Pick a percentage to start with. Decide that you're going to stop just throwing random amounts in, uh, in offering and start worshiping through 
sacrificing a percentage of your income. And then raise a percentage point each year on your journey with God. And in the process, God will build true contentment in your heart. This is one of those biblical principles that secular research confirms. Who do you think feels wealthier? The person who owns more or the person who gives more? Study after study confirms what we intuitively know, that givers are far more content than people who do not give. Uh, In his book, uh, Who Really Cares?, secular researcher Arthur Brooks even put a percentage on it. Uh, His studies conclude that non-givers are 350% Uh, more likely to describe themselves as dissatisfied or unhappy in life compared to people who give back to God. Abraham knew the secret of satisfaction. He knew that uh, whenever he built an altar to God, he was building contentment within himself. And you can build this secret into your life each week. As in worship, you express your gratitude to God by giving back to him. Finally, there's a third thing that Abraham did at the altar. He would recommit to being a part of God's plan to bless others. When you read Abraham's story, uh, you see that each instance of his altar building uh, is because Abraham is recommitting to God's plan to make him a blessing to the whole world. Uh, This is especially true with the altar that Abraham built in Genesis chapter 22. This is the altar that Abraham built in response to God's call to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Now, at this point, we all have to admit that on the face of it, God's call to sacrifice Isaac sounds awful. It sounds like God is being mean and cruel. But this isn't the case if you consider several facts. Uh, The first fact is that there is a logical rationale uh, behind God's choice to test Abraham by the sacrifice of Isaac. God wasn't being arbitrary. Isaac represented God's promise to make Abraham a nation through his descendants. So God was asking Abraham to trust him with this promise by trusting him with the symbol of that promise, Isaac. The second fact is that Abraham clearly understood that he would bring Isaac back down from the altar alive. We know this because when Isaac and Abraham left their traveling party to go up the mountain to sacrifice, Abraham told everyone that after a while, he and Isaac would both return. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, we're told that Abraham understood that God was testing him as to whether Abraham had the faith to believe that God could raise Isaac from the dead if that was necessary. So Abraham was convinced that God would save his son. He just didn't know that God would do it by saving before his knife came down instead of after. But The net result of the test was the same. Even at this altar, Abraham was radically committed to God's plan to make him a blessing 
to others. And this is where true contentment is found. True satisfaction is not found in whiter teeth or fuller hair or tighter abs or a second home or a better car or anything else. True satisfaction in life is found in being an active part in God's story, where I become a source of God's blessing in the lives of the people around me. And you will never find true contentment unless you're willing to forsake the nonstop cravings of consumerism and commit to the eternal joy of being a channel of Jesus' love to others. I mentioned that on that high ridge, um, Lot chose the fertile, well-watered land for himself. And archaeology confirms that the land that Lot chose for himself was indeed a paradise until it was destroyed by fire. In his greed, Lot chose the land that became the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah, which were located next to a body of water that after God's fire and brimstone judgment became known as the Dead Sea. And when you visit the Dead Sea today, you'll find that it is briny. It is, its mineral content is higher than any other water that naturally occurs on earth. Nothing can live in its waters. The Dead Sea is dead because as the lowest place on earth, it has an inlet, but it has no outlet. Fresh water goes in, but it doesn't go out. And with no outlet, the fresh water just sits there, putrefies, becomes toxic and void of life. Some people are like the Dead Sea. They have inlet for lots of good material things and good spiritual truth and blessings from God, but they have no outlet because they do not give, because they do not bless others. They become deadened with discontent. By calling you to be a channel of His love, by calling you to be a blessing to others, God is not asking you to fall on your sword. He's leading you to life. Follow God to Abraham's altars. Follow Abraham's secret to satisfaction. Defeat discontent in your life and be a hero in God's eyes in the process.